Welcome to Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you have the courage to live your best life. I'm Rebecca Mullen, a relationship coach living in Western Colorado, and today we're going to hear a snippet from my new book, Six Steps to Better Marriage Communication. Today we'll focus on step two, get clear. We'll look at the types of confusion that make it particularly difficult to get clear in a relationship. Then I'll give you my number one most important tool for marriage communication. And finally, I'll give you a discussion prompt about perspective in relationship to spark an interesting conversation for your date night. Remember when you met your sweetheart, and you had that giddy excitement that inspired you to share the depths of who you are with this lovely new person? Maybe it was talking all night. Maybe it was fishing companionably all day. Or maybe you wanted to burst out in song because you felt so fabulous with this lovely person, but your fear stepped in and said, are you crazy? People don't just start singing. Shut up. Fear is the part of you that tells you to shut up. Clarity is the part of you that knows you want to burst into song. We talked about how to overcome fear last week. Now we'll talk about how you can get clear about what you want. Clarity gives you courage and inspires action. Action to become more of who you are. When you feed the fire of who you are, you create an irresistible warmth that draws your sweetheart closer to you. In today's podcast, I'm continuing to read to you from my new book, Six Steps to Better Marriage Communication. I hope you'll support me and the work I do by clicking the link in the show notes and ordering a copy of the book. Today, we're focusing on the second step of that six-step formula, Get Clear. Remember, step one is overcome fear, and that was last week. Now, step two, get clear. You'll get clear about what you want. I want to sing. I want a singing lifestyle. You'll get clear about your fear so you can overcome it. I'm afraid my singing will push people away. You'll overcome your fears of vulnerability. I'm afraid my singing will push people away, but I want to sing with my sweetheart because I only want to live in a house that's embraced that I sing, which lets you live a lifestyle of the clean ask, which is step three in my six-step framework. And we'll talk about a clean ask next week. See if you can hear the three things, overcoming fear, a clear desire, and the clean ask in the following sentence. I'm afraid you won't like me if I sing, but I really, truly want my life and relationship filled with songs, so I hope you'll sing with me. That's the kind of clean ask you can find when you overcome your fear and you get clear. Without clarity, your relationship is haunted by confusion. Confusion sucks the life out of you and your relationship. It paralyzes you with fear of the unknown. In an effort to escape the loneliness that confusion creates, you blame or you shame your sweetheart or like a turtle, you hide inside your shell because you have no idea how to connect. 
instead of fear that causes us to attack or pull away, we need desire that tempts us to lean in, investigate, and jump into the pool of togetherness. Clarity is how you charge the battery of your desire. Desire is a driver of intimacy. Desire drives your enthusiasm, your curiosity, and your ambition. Then desire drives you to connect and share who you are with your lover. Let's look at the first strategy to get clear from my book, Get Clear Where You're Lost. To find your way home, you first need to locate where you are. So we'll talk about the black hole of confusion. A black hole is a place in space where the gravity is so strong that even light can't escape. Light. Who knew that light was affected by gravity? You may experience a black hole feeling in your relationship at one time or another, or it might be certain subjects or topics of conversation that make you feel like a black hole that allows no communication. If you plan to spend your life with your sweetheart, there will be a few things that stump you in the clarity department. I attribute these blind spots to our life lessons. They have the power to cause turmoil in your relationship. So much turmoil that you feel lost in the vacuum of a black hole with no light. Would you believe that one of the black holes in my marriage was about making our bed? <laughs> it sounds inane. But this tiny microscopic thing seemed to represent the macro relationship I wanted. I was typically up and out of bed before my husband. Each day after he woke up, he'd stumble out to the kitchen to make coffee, leaving the sheets tangled and the blankets bunched up. Now, later in the day, when I went back into our bedroom, I got frustrated by the mountain of sheets and blankets. I saw that big ball of mess and I felt my jaw tighten. A feeling of hopelessness haunted my gut. I felt abandoned and neglected. <laughs> Isn't it? Isn't it interesting that I took the messy bed so personally? But we all do it, right? You give attention to the tiny spaces in your life because you are a physical creature and a meaning maker. Many times I walked into my bedroom and realized that I care more about my marriage than my husband did. I mean, come on, if he loved me, He'd make the bed we shared. The minute I asked Dave to make the bed, he'd start making it. But that only confirmed in my head that he didn't think about our marriage until I reminded him. How was I going to stay married to a man who didn't care about me and our relationship unless I reminded him to care? Can you hear how lost I was in a black hole of confusion? I had absolutely no clarity about what a teeny tiny problem our unmade bed was. Okay, that's the black hole. Now I want to talk with you about why the romance of blending causes confusion. Communication is that magical summation when speaking and hearing are united. We all strive for communication where there's no difference between what is spoken and what is heard. Now, this is simple to articulate, but not easy to achieve. I thought I was clearly communicating that I wanted David to make the bed. Why wasn't he hearing me? My answer is romantic. The gorgeous thing about romantic love is that blending feeling. 
Sex is the epitome of this blending, that orgasmic moment when the boundaries that define you and the boundaries that define your sweetheart disappear and you are one. This oneness erases the existential angst we all live with. Those lovely sex hormones erase that feeling of separateness and make you feel like your sweetheart and you are one person. Now, watch the black hole of confusion that gets built inside of me because of this feeling of oneness. David and I are one person. We want the same things. I want a made bed. So David must want a made bed. (laughs) Okay. All right. I've already got you giggling at the ridiculousness of this line of thinking, right? But can I say those hormones are powerful? Just wait. It gets worse. (laughs) It does not occur to me to question this made bed truism because we are the same person. And I want a made bed because a made bed is what happily married people have. And I want to see that we are happily married each time I walk into our bedroom. And then, shock of the century, I walk into the bedroom and there it is, a rumpled pile of sheets and blankets. Now I get afraid, but my fear disguises itself as anger. We talked last week about the variety of disguises that fear wears. Isn't it funny that seeing an unmade bed is freaking me out? But again, come on, people like you have come into my office and whispered to me stories just like this one, and I hear their fear too. So I know I'm not alone in this wacky way of seeing the world. Your hormone-filled brain desperately wants to believe the premise that you and your sweetheart are the same person too. It's terrifying to question that. So instead of questioning that you're the same person, you question your sweetheart's intention about the tiny thing like the unmade bed. I decide David's message to me is, "Mm, I don't care all that much about maintaining our love. I'll leave that to you, Rebecca. I'm sure you'll take care of our love life the way you make our bed each day. (laughs) I arrive at this fear because, A, because of my parents' divorce. Because of my parents' divorce, I am sure that David and I will be divorcing at any moment. Finally, I have found the moment. The unmade bed will be the death of our marriage. I arrive at this fear because, B, I leap to the far-flung conclusion that if David loved me, then he would care about a made bed. And we're going to talk more about these if-then conclusions in Chapter 4, Beware conditions. Armed with this, albeit false, awareness, each time I see those sheets and blankets piled up, I practice this message in my head. David doesn't care about our marriage. David doesn't care about our marriage. Of course, this is my fear talking. It's not even remotely rational, but rarely is your inner lizard rational. Because the template in my head was that marriage doesn't work. I was pre-programmed to see evidence for the impending divorce I knew was coming. Now, David didn't have the fear that we would divorce. So no matter what happened in our relationship, he never saw evidence for divorce. However, David did fear that marriage would usurp his independence. So he saw every tangle we had as a threat to his independence. He didn't like rules like 
Make the bed when you get out of it. That made him feel beholden. Subconsciously, maybe he didn't make the bed to prove to himself he was independent. No one could tell him what to do. Lack of clarity causes confusion. And confusion leads us to fear. We each had a fear. Fear was messing with the way we saw things. Can you see the power of this black hole of confusion? Can you see where we were each lost in our fears? This clarity allows you to see why you and your sweetheart might see the same situation and come to very different conclusions about what is true. Okay, that was strategy one to help you get clear. First, get clear about where you're lost. Now let's talk about strategy two, get a clear perspective. And the first tool I have to help you get a clear perspective is this. Stay in your own business. This is the most important tool I can possibly recommend to improve your relationship communication. Stay in your own business. All those years that David forgot to make the bed, I took it personally. I imagined he was neglecting the bed on purpose to send me a message. It never once occurred to me that David just doesn't really care about making a bed. But it was never about me. It wasn't even really about David. I mean, David's not a morning person, and each day when he got out of bed, he was groggy and in search of coffee. Byron Katie, in her excellent book entitled Loving What Is, talks about three kinds of business, yours, mine, and God's. Your business is the things you can control. My business is the things I can control. And God's, or the universal business, is the things beyond human control. Here's a quick overview of how the three businesses intertwine. It rains. That's God's business. I can't control the rain. You can't control the rain. Second example, I want to run outside and feel the rain on my skin, so I do. That's my business. Third example, you don't like the feeling of how rain makes your clothes stick to your skin, so you stay inside. That's your business. The first tool when it comes to finding clarity in your relationship perspective is whose business are you in? All those years I came into our bedroom and saw that unmade bed, I got right into David's business. He's not making the bed on purpose to send me a message that I can't control him. Each time he forgets to make the bed, he's forgetting me. Can you see that I'm in David's business? I'm imagining his motivation. I'm making meaning of his actions. But how can I know what David is thinking? That's his business. Yet we do this all the time. This singular tool, stay in your own business, will help you get clear right away. Anytime you're attributing meaning to your sweetheart's actions, you're in their business. Anytime you're telling your sweetheart what to do, even if it's only in your head, you're in your sweetheart's business. Being in your sweetheart's business will sour your relationship quickly. Why? Because you have no power there. Every minute you ponder life from a position where you have no power 
you will get frustrated, angry, sad, despondent, and a host of other emotions. Stay in your own business where you are powerful and you have agency and you can change things. The truth of the unmade bed saga is that my husband doesn't value a made bed. At night, he is totally fine to crawl into a bed full of rumpled covers. Yep, I wasted two decades of my life trying everything in my power to get that man to make our bed. I imagined horrid scenarios, rehearsing pain every day. Then I find out the simple reason he didn't make our bed was that he wasn't interested in a made bed. Ah, sheesh. If my make-the-bed conundrum resonates with you, then I'd like to invite you to order my book, Six Steps to Better Marriage Communication. You'll get several more strategies to help you get clear, and clarity is fundamental to better communication. You'll discover the tools that helped me distinguish between tiny things that feel so important, like an unmade bed, and the huge things like living happily ever after. Additionally, think of a friend with whom you'd like to discuss this idea of getting clear and staying in your own business. If you can teach this idea of clarity to a friend, you cement the habit more deeply inside yourself. Hey, I have a great idea. Send them a link to this podcast right now and invite them for a coffee to chat. This week's habit for your happily ever after is to stay in your own business. When you notice you're a little annoyed with your sweetheart or when you can't magically get your sweetheart to do what you want, ask yourself, whose business am I in? If you find that you're imagining what your sweetheart thinks or feels, you are in your sweetheart's business. How can you come back to yourself? How can you find your own power? If you hear yourself telling your sweetheart what they should do, you're in your sweetheart's business. If you find yourself blaming your sweetheart or shaming your sweetheart, you're in your sweetheart's business. This isn't an admonishment. I'm inviting you to stay in your own business because that is where you will be happiest. Notice where you're likely to get into your sweetheart's business. Just get curious. Notice. Then whisper to yourself, isn't that interesting? I'm in my sweetheart's business. Because we don't need you shaming yourself either. This week's habit for your happily ever after is to stay in your own business. The more you notice whose business you're in, the easier it will be to stay in your own business. That's it for today. I'm Rebecca Mullen, and this has been Habits for Your Happily Ever After, where we get clear about your marriage communication. Because when your relationships are strong, you're better able to concentrate at work, reduce conflict at home, and receive support for your dreams so you can have the courage to live your best life. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be grateful if you'd send a link to your friend. Habits for Your Happily Ever After is produced by Grace Smith. All our music and sound comes from Walk West Productions. I'm Rebecca Mullen. Thanks for including me in your relationship today.